Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Come on, one more praise, amen, hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, you got the victory? Come on. Come on. Tell your other neighbor, if you don't want it, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take any victory out there that's laying around that you don't want, I will take it, amen. I, I need some victory, amen. Amen. If you lose your victory, I'll pick it up. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't leave it in the parking lot. Don't leave it. Just take it with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to wrap up our little mini series that I started last week on a message uh, I entitled Worshiping with Understanding. Worshiping with Understanding. Somebody say Worshiping with Understanding. We must always be a worshiping people and a church. Remember, amen, as I quoted just last week, amen, worship equals victory. Worship equals victory. Our theme scripture for, for 2020, amen, First Samuel chapter 17, 47 in the Good News Bible, it says there that he is victorious in battle. Amen. God has never lost in any any battle that he has uh, faced, amen. God has always been victorious. Can somebody say amen? We need to get back uh, uh, back into our worship mode. Come on, if I can say that, amen. We need to get that song back into our hearts. We, For some of us, we need our little bounce back. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, bounce. Hallelujah. Come on, some of you guys, I, I, you know, when I come to worship, amen, there is a reflection off here. And so I get to see some of you guys. Amen. And some of them I can see a little bounce and some hands going up. Amen. And then some, I just, there's no movement. Come on. Come on. We need some movement. Come on. Somebody say amen. Come on. We, we, some of us, we need our bounce back. And, and the enemy comes and he takes away our bounces sometimes. He takes away our shouts sometimes. Uh, come on. Circumstances and sometimes uh, rip us off from giving God all the praise that he deserves. Amen. Uh, so we need to get back into that place of worship. Amen. Because when we get our bounce back, we get our victory back. Come on, I say when you get your bounce back, you get your victory back. Let me tell you, nobody that does not have no victory likes to bounce. It's only a person that has victory. There's a, it's only a person that's a little excited, amen. They want to bounce, they want to shout, amen. But when you're dried up, there is no bounce in you. You're like a flat tire. You'll go nowhere. Tell you never get filled up. <laughs> You got to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. When you got that inside of you, there's a bounce that comes back. So God wants us to go deeper in the area of worship as we get ready for the well. How many want to come to the well? How many are thirsty? Amen. Come on. How many want to drink from the well? Amen. Come on. There is something that's happening. Come on. There are living water. Living waters that are flowing through this altar. And I'm telling you, they're flowing right now. And they will remain here, church. That any time that you need to get refreshed, any time that you need a drink, you need to dip yourself in the well. Amen. And watch what God does. Come on. Is anyone excited in this place? Or is it me? Hallelujah. 
You got to get excited, amen. I can't wait for this weekend, man. They're excited to be here with us, amen. Pastor David and, and Pastor uh, uh, Reuben are excited to be part of the well, amen. And we're going to have a great, great, great time. But we need to go deeper. Tell your neighbor, go deeper. Got to go deeper, church. Don't be satisfied. Listen, don't be satisfied where you're at. God has so much more. Come on, don't be satisfied where you're at. God, I want some more. Come on, how many want some more? Come on, I want some more, amen. Come on, don't be satisfied with just everything being all right. Because how many know that, come on, someone's going to try to take away your bounce. Come on, the enemy's coming, amen. There, there are plans. Uh, he has meetings with his demons, amen. He has things, assignments against you, amen, that wants to take your bounce away, amen. But greater is he uh, that is in me, uh, that he uh, that's in the world, amen. Uh, come on, no one's going to take my bounce. You got you to protect your bounce. I think I'll use that theme, bounce, throughout the sermon, amen. I don't know why. But some of you got to remember. You, sometimes you don't remember things, but bounce, you're going to remember. And when you start to remember bounce, you're going to have to start to remember, I need my praise back. I need, I need my worship back. Amen. I, I need to get into the presence of God. Amen. I want my bounce back. Hallelujah. Bouncing keeps you happy. Come on. Nobody's happy. Hallelujah. Well, this, 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 this ministry, maybe we'll be happier at the end. Maybe we'll have you bouncing on the way out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But David makes a very interesting, uh, interesting statement in Psalms 47, verse 7, which is a scripture I used last week for this mini-series, where it says, For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises, listen, with understanding. Sing praises with understanding. See, you and I need to sing with understanding to who we are singing to. And we are singing, as the scripture says here, to the king of all the earth. Somebody say all the earth. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the bright and morning star. He was and is and will always be king of all the earth, church. Come on, somebody. Every knee and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every person that claims atheism will bow down and say Jesus is Lord. Every person that has denied him will once understand that he is king of kings. And they will bow down and confess that he is Lord. Come on, you are singing. you got to understand who you are singing to. Who we are singing to here is the one that saved you. Come on, you are singing to the one that has healed you. Come on, somebody. Come on, church. He delivered you. He loved you before you loved him. Church, this is worship with understanding. Our worship has meaning. Come on, it's not just a little thing that we do, amen, to kill some time. It's definitely, like I said last week, it's not just to get the latecomers to come in. Come on, worship has meaning, amen. Our worship is directed towards someone. It's worshiping with understanding of who he is. See, it doesn't matter the song or the beat, but who you're singing it to. Remember, amen, those, I don't know if we got some old timers here, amen. Come on, how many got old timers wave? I don't know about you. Remember when they used to have dedications on the radio? Come on, remember, anybody remember Huggy Boy? <laughs> Come on, come on. Who do you want to dedicate it to? I want to dedicate it to Sad Girl, you know, whatever it was, amen. 
<laughs> Come on, you made a special dedication, amen. Uh, but it was a special song directed to what? To someone specific. It was something within them about that other person, amen. There was dedications, amen. Singing to somebody with some understanding. Come on, I remember that old song. This is dedicated to the one I love. Some of, you, some of the young people are like, what are they, what's this guy talking about? I don't know all the hip songs that are going on right now, amen. I know that it can sometimes be sp- spontaneous, Worship can sometimes be spontaneous, but it must always, listen, church, have meaning for true worship, listen, to be worship. Come on, it's good to have a, uh, for the church to be growing, amen. It's good to have a great worship band, amen, and all the fluff and some of the lights and behind the scenes. It makes it more exciting, but can I, can I let you in on something? He's not interested in all this. Do you know that he doesn't even look at this? He doesn't come on. What kind of lighting system you have here? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that monitor there. I don't, I don't know about that or these lights. I mean, you know, he's, he's not impressed by that. He's impressed by what's inside your heart. And he's impressed if we are experiencing God's transforming presence and we are reproducing authentic disciples. Listen, who obey the word of God? Acts chapter 15, 16 says this. Afterward, I will return and I will restore the fallen house of David, the tabernacle of David. And I will rebuild its ruins and restore it. In other words, he says, I'm going to set it back in its proper place. Last week, we learned that God wanted something of David's tabernacle to be part of the New Testament church. The church that we belong to today. Something that was a little different from Moses' tabernacle. So let's look at the tabernacle of worship this morning. In the book of Acts, chapter 15 of our text, is a turning point of the church. Up to this point in our text, it's around 20 years after the book of Acts started. Some time has passed from Peter preaching the first sermon where 3,000 souls got saved and baptized. Remember that day? on the day of Pentecost. 20 years later, some surface, uh, some problems have surfaced in the church. How many know that problems are going to still surface in the church? How many know that you're going to still have problems even after getting saved? Come on, uh, come on, you're going to still have conflicts, you're going to still have struggles and battles, and somebody say, oh my. Come on. Anyone here can testify that you have never had a problem since you got saved? Raise your hand. For we can pray for you that you are lying. (laughs) Come on. How many still have problems? Come on. How many still have some conflicts? Hallelujah. Struggles. Amen. All of us go through these things. No one's perfect. Not one. Amen. Everyone falls short of the glory of God. Amen. So, So getting saved doesn't exempt you from those things. Amen. Actually, the enemy brings more of it. See, these problems in the book of Acts involve some people called Judaizers or Judaizers. These were Jews who were bringing in their beliefs. They were trying to introduce to the new converts or the converts of Christianity to the old law of the old covenant. In Acts chapter 115, it says this. So some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised, As required by the law of Moses, 
you cannot be saved. You see, the law of Moses involved all the laws of how we can approach God and how we can become his people. So this caused a huge debate, amen, among the church leaders. So they decided to take the issue to the church in Jerusalem and settle it there. In Acts chapter 15, too, as the story goes here, it says that this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go to Jerusalem to see the apostles and the elders about this question. You see, the argument was really simple here. It was the old covenant versus the new covenant. It was the, it was the law versus grace. It was the Jews versus the Gentiles. And so when they arrived in Jerusalem, the debate began. Each side standing up and giving its side on the issue. In verse 5, it says in, in, in chap, uh, Acts 15, says this, Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. It's like you, someone coming to you today and says, You know what? You're not saved. Come on, you're not saved. Unless you're circumcised and you keep the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. It's like me saying right now, man, line up. Line up right now because if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. You want to get saved? You know what to do. Come on, drop them. That's what they were saying here. They were telling these men are not saved. They cannot be saved. They cannot receive anything from God, amen, unless they are circumcised. So some talk took place. And then Peter stands up and tells him what God showed him in a vision. Remember of a, of a vision of a sheet that dropped from heaven? Look at look in Acts chapter 10, verse 11 through 14. It says that, that he, he saw heaven open. This is Peter here. And something like large sheep being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And surely not, Peter replied, I will never have, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And then a voice from heaven in verse 15 says, then the voice said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. In other words, Jesus coming into the world, amen, as a final cleansing sacrifice of Christ that was offered to the world. This new commandment now was to take the gospel to every people group. Look what it says in Acts 15, 7 through 8. And after much, much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God has made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. And God, who shows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving them the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. Peter says, you know what? God made the choice that the gospel is to be taken to the Gentiles, to every single person. And God knows the heart, and he accepted them, and he testifies that God was baptizing them in the Holy Spirit, as he did to us as well. In Acts chapter 15, 12, 13 to 14, it says this, The whole assembly 
became silent, amen, as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling them about the signs and wonders that God had done among the Gentiles through them. And when they had finished, James spoke up, brothers, he said, listen to me. Peter has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people from his, for his name from the Gentiles. See, James goes on to say, you know what, that he has been, that has been spoken by one of the prophets already. James is quoting from Amos chapter 9, verse 11 through 15. It says that this, on that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has been, which has fallen down, and I repair its damages, and I will rise up its ruins, and I will rebuild it as the day of old, that they may possess the red men of Edmund. Come on, and all the Gentiles, amen, who call by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. In other words, he's saying, James was saying, the answer is right here, guys. Uh, let's stop debating over this matter. The prophets have agreed to what we are seeing here today. This is of God, amen. This is his work. Grace has come, and this is the new covenant. So James takes an Old Testament prophecy to solve a New Testament problem. And you got to understand that, that, that Amos was written 700 years before Christ. Amen? Are you getting a little understanding, guys, what I'm trying to paint here? Let me give you a little revelation here. The tabernacle of David is not just about worship. This also has to do with a great harvest. Listen, we can never be a worshiping church without being a harvesting church. In other words, there has to be growth within our spirits. Something within us has to grow in order for the harvest to come. Can somebody say amen? God has always linked the destiny of the church to both worshiping and a harvesting church. Amen. This is what brings you and I victory. Amos chapter 9, 13 to 15 in the Message Bible says this. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now that things are going to happen so fast that your head will spin one thing, one thing fast on your heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, blessings. God's about to release some blessings in this place. God's about to release something. It's gonna, so many things are gonna start to happen. It's gonna make your head spin. God is about to do something, amen. And he says, you know what? It's happening now. Come on, everywhere you look, you're going to see it. It's going to happen at once, amen. Everywhere you look, blessings. It says, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I will make everything right again for my people Israel. I will rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine, amen. They will work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. I will plant them. I will plant them in their own land and never again be uprooted from the land I have given them. God, your God says so. Come on, somebody, amen. God is about, amen, to make you stable, amen. God is about to plant you. God is about to plant you by the water, amen, that you'll never be uprooted, amen. No storm, no virus, no pandemic will move you church god is going to plant you amen where you can receive a harvest never again will you feel what you feel right now if you get rooted into me god is about to do something church God is about to bring a great harvest. Come on, I'm letting you know that victory, church, victory is around the corner. Victory for your family. Victory of salvation for your family. Victory, amen, over sickness. Victory, whatever you're praying for, amen, is around the corner if you want it. 
You've got to be excited for it, though. You've got to be thirsty for it. You've got to be hungry for it. Come on. You, you, come on. How many know you can, see, you can notice a person that's hungry? Come on. You've got to be licking your lips all the time. What are we going to eat today, Pastor? Come on. I'm, I'm hungry. Come on, I want something. Give me something. Hallelujah. Come on, I, I don't want no ding-dong, amen. I want a full meal. Come on, we're tired of ding-dong sermons, amen. Come on, we need a full meal, church. We need some understanding of who we're worshiping. Because when you do, church, it connects you, amen. And you're reminded of how good God is, amen. And you start to thank him. And you don't worry no more. All you do is, I'm getting on my knees and pray. God's going to move, amen. Come on, we need, we need that kind of spirit in the church today. That is what God is looking for. God says, you know, never, never, never again will you be uprooted where I have planted you. What I've given you, no one will take away. Come on. No one's going to take away your bounce. Come on, somebody. Bounce is yours. Somebody say, my bounce is my bounce. You can't copy other bounces, church. Come on, don't look at somebody and say, I want to bounce like her. No, no, you can, you can want the things or admire some things, but you got to get your own bounce. You got you to get your own hop because otherwise you'll, it's like, you remember when they tried to give David that armor? He goes, I want you to go fight the giant, amen. I want you to go take, take him out and he gives you, but you need an armor. He said, I can't fight you. This is your armor. I'm going to fight what God has given me. Come on, he got the five stones, that little slingshot, and the rest is history. So you got to get your own bounce. You got to get your own rhythm, amen. You got to get your own song, amen. You got you got to you got to get something because God is about to about to bring some blessings, amen. God is about to pour out upon you, amen, amen. You got to be hungry for it. You got to be thirsty for it. Come on, and when you do, and when you open up that new wine, is going to be poured out upon all flesh. God is about to do something, church. Get ready, get ready. Come on, God is about to do something at the well. Victory, say my victory, is just around the corner. It's coming. Coming around the corner, here it comes. You got to be waiting for it. You got to be waiting for it. Come on, is it today, God? Is it today? You got to be excited every day you wake up. Thank you, God. Thank you for waking me up, God. Is my blessing coming today? My answer coming today? You got to be just hungry, just like the, the father was in the prophet. He's always looking out, looking. Is he coming? Is it coming today? Come on, every day. Be excited because you never know when it's going to come. Just like no one knows the hour and time when Jesus comes. Do you know that everything up to this point is fulfilled in prophecy for Jesus to come back? We always, we've seen what happened in Israel, the signing with our president, amen, come on. That is history. That is history in here, church. Uh, come on, Jesus is coming back soon, church. Uh, come on, everything is fulfilled. That trumpet can blow anytime he wants it. But he's waiting for you. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for our loved ones that are not saved right now. Come on. That's what makes him delay because he loves you so much. He don't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to salvation. Come on, somebody. Victory's coming, church. It's coming for your family. That blessing, financial blessing that he told you is coming. Name it. Every day you say, oh, 25, 25, 25. <laughs> come on. What are you offering? I'm offering 24. No, I want 25. <laughs> I won't go any lower. 25. Come on, it'll come. That's so true. You got to be specific. See, the thing is, we don't get what we want because we don't know what we want. Oh, I want more blessing. Well, what does that mean? Blessing could be just a hamburger. I blessed you. 
I kept my end of the bargain. That's what he said. I just want a blessing. Okay, there you go. A hamburger, Happy Meal, whatever it is. You got to be specific. I remember coming here. I was so specific to God because I came here by faith. I sold my house, moved out, amen, and I came here, didn't have a job. And I told God, this is the kind of job I need for my church. God, I need to work from this time and this time. I, I, I want, I want, I want Sunday, Monday off. I never had that in my life. Two days in a row. They've always been separate. I said, I want Monday and Sunday. I got Monday and Sunday. I got, I got what I want. God, I want this. I got that. I want to go this time. I want to go that time. You know, and, you know, I asked him. He gave it. You got to be specific. He is a specific God. And when you ask specifically what you want, he will give it to you. Come on, you want some joy? Ask him. What area of the joy? What, what do you want? I'll give it to you. Amen? Tell your neighbor, ask. Tell your neighbor, ask. Come on, you have none? You have not because you what? Ask not. Ask. You want your bounce back? Ask. You'll wake up tomorrow morning like this. Be walking down to the kitchen. Yeah, I got my bounce back. <laughs> Get your bounce back, church. Come on. We cannot be a true worshiping church without being an evangelistic church. We cannot be a true worshiping church without a vision for our city, church. Uh, without a vision for the nations, amen. Uh, a church will be corrupt in its vision and its practices if they're not. It will be praising without understanding, and it will fail its mission. Uh, that church will become isolated and arrogant. I'm here to let you know, amen, that there is a plowman uh, in the tabernacle of David and laborers in a worshiping church. That's why we need laborers to rise up, amen, harvesting. you got to be a plowman for the, G uh, for the kingdom of God, amen. And when you do that and when we all do our part, guess what? Harvest comes, church. Uh, come on, blessings come, church. Uh, things start to happen in your life, amen. Uh, he's not going to give to somebody that's not doing nothing. We cannot be a true outreach church without being a true worshiping church. If there's not worship taking place within our, our spirits, meaning that we need the presence of God in the midst of our work. When you're serving our kids, amen, uh, come on, uh, the presence of God be there because you're worshiping God. There's, there has to be an excitement. Come on. You ever seen them laboring, amen, and singing? Remember the man, they used to sing, amen, when they used to build the, the railroad tracks, amen. Uh, come on, they used to be singing a hymn. That just kept them going. You got to sing while you worship. You got to sing, amen, while you're serving as we labor for the kingdom of God. See, the reason we need to restore the tabernacle of David is for the purpose of touching the nations with the presence of God. James, here in the book of Acts, in his supernatural wisdom, is using prophecy that was spoken to Israel to become a promise for his church today, amen, not only for the nation of Israel but for all nations. Let's look at the David's tabernacle a little closer. See, the tabernacle which was established during his 40-year reign to see something of God's will for the church today. James was reminding them that. He says, remember what David did. He brought the ark of Jerusalem. He brought the ark to Jerusalem and prepared a place for it. It says in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1, David built houses for himself in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. You see, David 
David did something different in, in the tabernacle uh, that he designed than Moses' tabernacle. At the dedication, they offered animals, but never again. Come on. They did away with the brazen altar, the candlestick, the shoe bread, the incense. They took down the veil church until all that was left was the presence of God. And David commanded and designed how God wanted to worship, be worshiping there. What we needed to do, amen. And it says in First Chronicles 16.4, David appointed the, fellow, uh, the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord, to invoke his blessing, to give thanks, to praise God, and thank God of Israel. You see, David began using choirs, using singers uh, in the tabernacle to thank and praise God. Here we're seeing the first choir church, first church choir, first worship team here. In First Corinthians, First uh, Chronicles sixteen seven, it says, uh, "On that day, they gave Asaph and his fellow Levites a song of thanksgiving to the Lord." The, the tabernacle of that was dedicated in worship. Uh, that tabernacle was dedication to worship God. Amen. To worship God in a continuous manner. To be a, 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 a heart like David after God in worship, which was pleasing to God. This is what God wants in the church today. This is what God is, was restoring. Not a form of approach, but an entrance to his presence. See, the tabernacle of David is all about people. A people that will be able to enter the presence of God by grace and becoming a harvesting church to the nations. A people who would carry the message of reality into a dying world, testifying that they have been with God. Telling the world that God's grace comes through Jesus Christ. And his presence is available for everyone. Come on, somebody. Every worshiper, it's available to you. We will not reach the world with forms and rituals, church, but a heart that's been refreshed in the presence of God. In the atmosphere of a worshiping church. Where we offer what? Real faith for real change. This is what gets lost sometimes, church, in an individual and in a church. And that's why God wants the tabernacle of David restored in the church today. Think about the old tabernacle of Moses for me for a second. You had to go past the outer court, then the blazing altar, then into the holy place with a candlestick, the shoe bread, the incense, the veil, then finally the holy of holies, that contained the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat. On top of that, only, only one can enter once a year. By one man, church, come on. There are millions serving God, but only one can enter into his presence. The high priest at that time would enter very slowly with bells on his garments, swinging a, a censer of incense to shelter his eyes from the glory of God, amen, carrying on, 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 on his hand, amen, a cup of blood, a part of the veil to enter in, amen, and stand before the mercy seat and sprinkle blood seven times on one side and once on the other side. And then begin to pray for Israel and for the Lord to cover their sins. And then the people would wait outside while he was doing all that to see if he would come out alive. This is how they would enter into the presence of God, church. Then Jesus comes. Come on, somebody. Making it available for everyone to go into the presence of God. 
All this was needed back then to get into the presence of God by only one man. How many felt God's presence this morning? See, God's grace that came by the way of Jesus Christ gave us that. And then we can go into the Holy of Holies and into His presence Almighty and get touched by the Almighty God. Amen. That can bring change, deliverance, freedom. Where He can remind you of how good He is. See, I believe that when we start to worship God in that manner, and really establish the, that tabernacle that David did. That tabernacle of a worshiping spirit. Not by rituals. Not by any type of religious ways. But because of an encounter of a personal relationship with him. That we can go into that place of holy of holies. And go to God for anything that we need. And he will give you $25 an hour. He will. You, you, can't, you can't doubt it. You've got to just say, I'm getting it. I'm worth it. I'm good enough. And I'm pretty. <laughs> Come on, you've got you you to you put yourself high, church. Don't put yourself low. You're a child of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Amen. Come on. You, there's something in you. There's value in you. Don't ever put yourself lower than that. That's where the enemy puts you. That's where the enemy has you. Amen. Come on. Thank God that God delivered us. Amen. We're not that anymore. Come on. We are somebody uh, in the kingdom of God, and you got to claim it, church. Uh, but you got to bring your worship back. Because when you start to worship God, let me tell you, that joy just overwhelms you. That bounce comes in. Amen. That song. Come on. Some of you guys used to sing to God's different ways. Have you sang to God recently? Come on, is there a song that if I go to you right now, what's your song right now? You would just say, yeah, this is it right here. Or you would like, ah, let me think about it. Oh, the one that we sang a little while ago? Yeah, that one. No, no, it's in your spirit. The words are engraved in your heart, amen. You, you just, that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's your song. That's it, man. This, this is dedicated to the Lord, Hallelujah. This is dedicated to my God who saved me. This is dedicated because I'm reminded of what he's done in my life. This is dedicated to him. I sing this song with joy because I remember when he saved me. Then you got the old classics, amen. Oh, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Oh, man, you got to be reminded of the blood. We forget about the blood. The blood has power, church power to deliver us and protect us from this virus. Come on, any fear can't come. Come on. The blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Oh, man. Once I was this, once that, that, whatever it is. Man, I go way back even with old Spanish songs. Oh, my Lord. Cristo maravilloso. Oh, my Lord. I used to sing some songs. Man, just those songs just make you cry. Why? Because you go right into the presence of God. And victory is restored inside of you. Come on, if you have no joy, you need to start singing. If you got no joy, you got no song. If you're just all work, work, or no play, that's all it is, church. You're trying to get in by standards. 
You're trying to get in because I showed up to church. No, God's not even impressed by you showing up. It's what's in your heart. Come on. It's in your heart. Don't come by duty. You don't come because you don't. I I go to church because I don't want to go to hell. (laughs) What is that? Amen. That's just the benefit of what we get, amen. But I come to church because I want to praise God, amen. I, I want to be around God's people, amen. I, I want to be around influence, amen. I, I don't want to be I don't want to be surrounded by all the negative of the world. Can I just get a little, uh, come on, a little amen? Can I get a little encouragement by somebody? I want to just bounce for the Lord, amen. I, that's why I come to God. To thank him for what he's done, amen. It's been a rough week, yeah, come on. But God, now I can shout. God, I can get around some people that will get me through another week. Or you can just take your little attitude and take a week of that. But the complaining starts and all that other stuff. God wants you to worship him. If we really want victory in our lives, church, it's going to come by the way of worship. Because worship will always connect you to God. And when you're connected to God, then it connects you to victory. Every time I think about God, it reminds me of who he is. It's that old song, when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to dance. It wants me to run. Come on, it makes me want to slap somebody. No, 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 no. <laughs> not that, not that. I'm just playing. <laughs> Don't slap people. Don't slap people. Amen. Right? Man, I used to sing that song back in Huntington Park. Amen. I go run all over the place. When I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, what he's done for Jesus, and all, all, all that stuff. Amen. All night, all night, all night, all night. I used to jump off from that altar. Amen. It was way probably higher than this here. Amen. Boom. And I go, boom. There he goes. And I just take off. It was so, it was awesome. I love to worship God, amen. I wanted, that was, that's, that's the spirit of David there. Spirit right there, man. Get excited. Man, I wish they had uh, phones back then. We can record things back then. We sh- I show you, man. It's like awesome. But you know what? It's, it's still right here. I can play rewind anytime right here. Beep, beep. There it is. Boom. Yeah. Do a little flashback, amen. Not flashback of drugs, you know, flashback, right flashback. <laughs> Erase all that stuff, amen. Come on, we got to think about Jesus. When you think about him, all kinds of stuff happens. Going into the enemy's camp, you remember that one? Went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me, yes. Took back what he stole from me, come on. Took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me he's under my feet come on the bounce he's under my feet he's under my feet he's under my feet feet. Satan not Jesus Satan is under my feet remember those songs enemies can't man the trio look what the Lord has done come on come on we used to sing that here praise chapel Las Vegas. Those are songs that started this church. Those are songs that we had. I mean, we didn't have all this. We just had CDs and old songs. 
but we had church. We need to go back to that. That spirit. That's what God is looking for in the church today. See, as I close today, church, because of Jesus, we can boldly, boldly come before him. Amen. Come on. We can all come to the, that presence of God. We don't need to let somebody else go for us. Amen. It's not just done by one person. Come on. That way we can all, all of us experience his presence. Come on. Not just for me. Not just for a few. Not just some. Amen. But everyone who comes in relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. The church today is a place of worship and a place of harvest, church. The question is, are you a worshiper or are you a spectator, church? You'll never fully deliver, be delivered, or fully enter your destiny with God until you become a worshiper of God and desire his presence. God wants us. Somebody say, God wants me to go deeper in worship. Come on, through our worship, we can touch the nations of the world, church, through a worshiping church and experience his presence. And with that church comes the harvest, and with the harvest comes the victory. God is about to do something in this place, and he's doing it, and he's working at it, and he's cultivating, because there are plowmen in this church that are plowing and breaking some dirt for you, for, for you can reap a harvest but you're going to have to desire it. You're going to have to want it. You're going to have to come in. Is it, is it my day? Is it my day that God does something? Is it my day that God answers the prayers? Is it my day that I get this? And you got to come with that hunger and that desire and say, God, I want to go by the well. God, I want to drink by the well. God, can, do you have a cup for me? Come on, we have to come and say, can, can you lower that down? Can you, can you get me some water? He's dropping it. He's dropping it for each one of us. Amen. And, 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 that, and he's just bringing it up. And he's just saying, you know what? Here it is. Living water. Living water. And he gives it. And when we think of this water, what do you tell the, the woman at the well? You'll never be what? Thirsty again. When you drink this water, the living water, you'll never thirst again. See, the things that we, why we're thirsty still is because we're not drinking from the right well. We're, we're, we're drinking for quick satisfaction. We're drinking for just quick things, and we're not really seeking, and we're just getting temporary things. But God wants you to have eternal things. Drink from the well. If you need healing within your body, within your mindset, through, through things that are troubling you in your mind, drink from the well. Drink from the well. You need a healing in your body, drink from the well. You need God to move upon your marriage, drink from the well. You got God to move upon your children that are not saved, drink from the well. And God will give you living water, church. You've got to drink from the well. The answer is right here. The answer is right here. Right when he spoke, when she drank from the well, man, her eyes were open, amen. And she got so excited that what? She told that whole town, you don't ever know what. Man, I got to tell you who I ran into. You got to come see the man that told me everything about me. That whole town got saved, church. Your family will get saved. When you drink from the well and you start telling people, 
who God is and what He's done in your life. Come on, don't, 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 don't let the enemy, don't let this virus, don't let this pandemic steal away your joy. The water's joy, church. The wine, when they say wine in the Bible, come on, it's not like we're going to a wine store, amen. The wine in the Bible is, is a symbolic for joy. When you drink the wine of, uh, from the Lord, amen, there's a joy that comes inside of you. How many want some joy? Come on, that's when you start to drink from the, the living well, man. Come and come and be, you'll never thirst again. Drink. We need to drink this weekend. We need to drink at the well. We need to be coming excited for this conference. We need to get here early. Say, God, I need to get in your presence. God, I want something at the well. For some of you, it's just an excitement for you personally. You lost it. Come on, when's the last time you testified to somebody? If you haven't, there's no joy inside of you. Because when Jesus is in you, you're, telling, you're talking about him all the time. Come on, just like when you first fall in love and you met that, that, that girl, that guy, you know, oh, he's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, come on, you have me tell you about my Lord. Oh, my God, Sunday, oh. Whew. Oh, he showered me, man. He was, it was just overwhelming. And he promised me $25 an hour. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Let's all stand up, amen. God is so good.